This episode is brought to you by the generous patrons who supported us over at patreon.com slash inspiration point. So we want to give a big thank you to our patrons, Kate, Prostaskius, Leroy, Josh, Tiana, Fallon Gore, Spike, Chris, Konohamaru, Buyag, Starry, Red Dead Coquette, Logan, Punch and Potato, and Jen Solo. Thank you again for helping us to put a little more inspiration out into the world. And now, on to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another healthier episode of Inspiration Point. I'm Andrew. And I'm Adam. We uh, took a week off there uh, because I uh, was feeling a little under the weather, so I appreciated the little bit of a break, but yeah. we are back and raring to go. So how, how was lycanthropy? Um, you know, it it was everything I could have hoped it would be. Okay. Uh, I mean, my 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 hair grew longer. Mm-hmm. My beard grew longer. Okay, just testosterone through the roof. You know, <laughs> oh, it great. was just um, it was it was fantastic. I I felt like I could uh, lift a car, but it's usually you know it's it's what comes after you try to lift the car. Um, you know, it it'd be really helpful if at some point in my life. Someone told me that uh, when you're lifting things to make sure that you don't lift in a jerking, twisting motion, making sure to focus only on your back, not to use your legs at all. um, I was misinformed and lycanthropy cannot uh, do anything to um, help with poor technique. So you had an episode of Teen Wolf, huh? The, yeah, but not as good as the film with with Michael J. Fox. You know, that's one that I haven't actually seen. That might be a fun one with the kids. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I, it's been a while since I've seen it. Maybe it's not appropriate. I don't remember. <laughs> I just go, oh, it's Michael J. Fox. How bad could it be? But yeah, I guess I, never, I don't know. I mean, well, then there's Back to the Future, and uh, classic as that one is. It does um, have some situations that pose questions no. that a kid would be forgiven for asking. It's, I mean, maybe, I guess, but it's not that bad. I'm it's just funny. saying. It's funny, right? Hey, the instant I have to answer the question, isn't that his mom? That kind of, you know. Well, it's, it's, fun, it's funny, Junior, because, you know, he she doesn't know that <laughs> and he can't tell her because then he it'll, it'll enter a temporal paradox. And anyway, go clean your room. <laughs> That'll teach you to crack wise. That'll ask, teach you to ask questions. Oh, man. Know your place. Little one. Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, uh, how are you doing otherwise other than recovering? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, nothing particularly crazy. Um, just been doing some reading, listening to some podcasts, um, editing and 
you know, the, the usual thing, things are, things are kind of in their regular groove at the moment. So, um, things are mellow. Although, uh, last night got to play some D and D and, uh, um, we had, I think we had, hadn't we had a bit of a break or was that we the just session the, before last? We, we just had the one session off, uh, I think before, I don't, I don't, I don't think we missed that one because of illness. I think you, right. I think you got sick like the next day, basically. Yeah. And, and so we were caught up. We had the week prior to that. We had, we had taken a week off cause I just needed more prep time. That's was, what it was. I was trying to get ready for like a big climatic moment and to make sure that, you know, it was checking all the necessary boxes and doing what it needed to do. And we had uh, that moment last night. And I, I got to ask, like last night's session was really big. And can you tell us about it? And how did you feel about the different things that happened in last night's session? Yeah, I mean, this basically goes into what I was meaning to talk about. But like, absolutely. Uh, just to give a little bit of context, this is a long running campaign, you know, a couple of years. Yeah. And we're, we're getting into the big climatic moment, you know, as we, we basically come to the end of, of act two, more or less. Mm. And we still have a third act to go through, but I think in the D and D story structure, act two is just extremely long in terms of like when you watch a movie act two is just like, it's the biggest act still, but it's not like gigantic compared to the other two. It's bigger, Mm. but one and three are about the same size. Typically Um, in D and D acts one and three are, are very short compared because there's so much time spent you know, with this sort of test allies and enemies fa- uh, phase and going oh, through those yeah. dungeons and, and everything. I mean, you're playing Dungeons and Dragons, right? So you got to get through those things. And it's very, very time consuming. And so doing the big beginning and ending story beats can actually go pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, as we're, we're coming to what we would say the is the um, the the final uh, the, the resurrection. Right. Mm. The the resurrection being the big climax of the story. Okay. And so I was very nervous going into it. And it was something I had been thinking about as a moment and then illustrating it in my mind over and over and over again. And going, okay, this looks like a really cool movie in my head, but is this going to turn into a cool moment in the game? How many times did you change, like meaningfully change what you were initially planning? Like from from the first time you kind of really started to conceive of the kind of how this session would generally be to how it wound up being last night Mm -hmm. how many like prep iterations did that kind of the the general beats 
of last night's session, how many times did that meaningfully change? So meaningfully, like sitting down, working with assets in like Roll20 or Incarnate, like probably, you know, five times or something like that. But I mean, just changing the general idea in your head, like, oh, I think I want to go this way. Then like, ah, maybe we'll do something different. Then more than I can count on two hands for sure. I mean, fair enough. uh, I mean, if 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 that that's going to be like all every day I drive home from work. And, and I'm either thinking about this game or Wrath of the Scorned or whatever I'm mm. doing at school. So, you know, at least probably twice, two or three times a week for like nine months. Oh, <laughs> you my know, God. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about this moment. Also, the stuff that comes after. And, you know, there were some things that just they kept. So, oops kicked my mic there um things that keep surviving the cut right and so mm-hmm. um then i got pretty committed i'm really thinking hard about what not just what i want to say about like what do the players want what do they need the game has been very um uh ups and like, there have been a lot of ups and downs and for the most part most struggles particularly with combat are very, very painful. Mm. And the, the party has really suffered a lot to achieve the things that they have achieved. And so when you say painful, you mean in, in game, like losses taken, that sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. That stuff. Um, but also just like an emotional tax on everyone involved. And mm. that's been true even from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Because the double-edged sword about creating a game that everybody's you know um, emotionally invested in is that they get emotionally invested, and that's what? it's hard to manage that for you know five or six people at one given time, and inevitably someone's years. not going to like the vision. Yeah, someone's not going to like the directions is going, especially if you have players that have particularly let's say disagreeable um, dispositions. Mm. And so like, look, I think almost every table has disagreeable personalities, right? Like, sure. It's just, it's not necessarily that they're bad, but they're very, um, they see things their way and they, and they tend to think that that is the correct way. Right. And it's difficult for them to, to think, in the perspective of others sometimes and into um, or just compromise or just compromise, mm. you know, and a lot of tables struggle with things like ego, you know, like ego, just battling ego all the time. It's just a, a pain, but some of that came from just personality quirks. And some of that came from really caring about the story, uh, really caring about the characters and where things were going to be beheaded. Sure. What, what does it all mean? Like, if I'm going to get going to be beheaded. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Like, and I think there's a lot of nervousness as to, OK, I've emotionally invested in this character. Now I'm like really connected. Is the GM going to to provide the outcome that's going to make that emotional vulnerability worth it? Or mm. or am I going to feel foolish? Right. Mm. And, and we've all been there. We've all had the experience where we wrote the long 
uh, backstory and and really got emotionally invested in the DM, either ignored it or canceled the game or, you know, whatever. I'm sorry. All right. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, so you should be, uh, but no, I'm thinking of other people that are, uh, much more egregious in this way, you know, where I, I've written like, a like a three page, you know, narrative to describe where my character comes from. And then after one session, the guy quits, you know, to me, that's, that just sucks. You know, it's, it's also just not nice. You no, know, it's I don't, not. I'm not even understanding about those things. To me, that's just rude. Yeah. Dishonor. Dishonor on yeah. you. Dishonor on your cow. But, you know, we're definitely losing Zen points for the afterlife. You know, I, I got to say, I uh, if there is one thing in life that I strive for, it is to not be egregious. That's um, I, I use that word a lot. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. It's a uh, fun word. Yeah, we all have our, our things, but yeah, I want people to to be invested while also remembering that there are people at the table and we're essentially playing a complex board game. Um so I mean, how did you feel about how it went? I, I felt good. Uh, ultimately it was based mostly on your feedback uh you know and by you i mean you and your fellow players mm. and for them to come back and go like there's a few reactions you always want as a gm one of them being <sighs> yeah, oh yeah yeah right? that's a good one yeah like <sighs> wow holy crap you know stuff yeah. like that or oh man <sighs> You got me there, man. Wow. Yeah. You know, or, oh, my God, that was the best. Right. Something like go. that. Right. Like these are the these are the reactions that you kind of live for. Unreserved. Yeah, definitely. You know, when so there's these moments, especially because we can't see each other. We're not playing with cameras mm-hmm. We're all online. So I, I try to use silence to let a moment land. And then, like, people might, like, if they're being quiet, too, is it because they're confused or because that note is landing with them as well? Right. Or or because the connection dropped. Or because the connection dropped, which you were struggling with a lot uh, there. Oh, my God. That's the worst. So, but no, ultimately, I was greatly relieved. I was greatly relieved that it was done and that I didn't have to think about it anymore and Mm. that it wasn't a failure. Right. It would have felt terrible. And there were days where I was like, I should just, I'm just going to cancel the game. I'm just going to say cancel indefinitely. I don't want to do it. And then I was like dishonor. And so then I was like, okay, okay, I'm going to do it. Okay. I, I, I am not going to lose these Zen points. I can't get up on here on this show and say, yeah, you should just chicken out. Like, I'm not going to do that. So sure, we we need to do it. So anyway, I was happy. I was pretty happy. Not everything went perfectly, but everything went better than I had expected. <laughs> ah. So that's very interesting. Positive. There were high points. There were low points. There were some tears. There was some laughter. Um, I think for the most part, everyone bought in. Oh, and, that's that is for sure. And yeah. the 
it was it was a very unique sort of session like the the things that you had us doing and the way the events actually played out and how how things were were actually executed and handled um were were pretty were pretty unique at least compared to like how you expect a typical session of D&D to go um and well, how encounters key, get handled and things like that absolutely so one key thing that you need in in your ordeal slash crisis and your climax is there has to be some novelty involved like there has to be a signaler that this is different mm. right this is not dungeon number three this is this is important okay and so you need to do some things that are different you need to do some shifts in order right. to, to to communicate that without saying it right yeah and so it should be evident it's evident that that what you are approaching or what you are currently in is a set piece and mm-hmm. not a you know a typical um you know run of the mill encounter or situation so one way i did that is by using sort of a visual novel style and creating well, not creating, like just finding stills online of backgrounds that I thought were at least close to what I was going for. Uh, right. Mostly going through like Pinterest and ArtStation. Oh, totally. And then finding characters that look close enough to what I'm imagining for these NPCs, cutting them out in Photoshop and placing them over those backgrounds yep. and just putting them on the GM layer when we're not talking to them. So... I, uh, you know, so it was messy looking for me, but for, for the players, I think it was pretty enjoyable. Oh, I'm sure your, I'm sure your screen is just this oh, my chaotic was a mess. mess, you know, and I'm trying to like click on the different elements and I have to move them around to click the, what I want. Um, yeah, but I mean, ultimately players were like, oh, we don't typically do this. Something's going on. Right. You know what I just realized you totally could have done is you could have taken all your characters and made um, made a couple multi-sided tokens and literally just put make all the sides of a given token like you can you can make it as many air quotes sided as you want so you can right, have yeah. 20 characters on one token and then just depending on the scene you just, just slide it and yeah. just boom you've got a different character right on on one thing and so you're basically just using like two image tokens that you can just shift as needed and assuming you can make them any size you want then yeah that would be a very totally. Welcome idea that now I wish I had thought of. Um, I, well, there you go. <laughs> you're you're welcome. It's free. Hey, for next time, I guess. I mean, I'm yeah. still using that same style in Wrath of the Scorn, so um, there you go. That'll be useful to me because yeah, I mean, it was very cluttered and and, and silly looking, but that I think I think the players ultimately uh, appreciated it. They liked it. It helped 
kind of take those scenes that were more talking. And there's been a lot of talking in the last few sessions. There's been very little. Actually, there's been like basically no combat for like three sessions, unless you count the pig chase, right? We, we we're doing this sort of like barnyard, um, you know, uh, farming community party, right? And so there's all these games, and one of them is like chasing like a, a pig in a mud pit. And, right. Uh, as a joke, I thought it'd be funny to have like a super powerful pig, and it was like. <laughs> It had legendary actions and legendary resistance. And I hated that thing. <laughs> but then like it. when the game ends, everybody gets all their resources back because it was just like an illustration of how intense it felt to everyone. It wasn't, it wasn't literally a super pig. That, that was, that was really nice. Like a few of the players uh, were, were throwing down, spells that were between level seven and nine to get these dang pigs it's like wow okay this is seriously escalated (laughs) so to to give everybody you know some more context as to this game because you know talking about that pig probably was like wait what the hell were you doing um this game had always taken a frontiersy um you know, wagon train pioneer feel. Right. And right. At least that had been the original intent. And uh, so they're, they're building this, this settlement everybody has their own homestead and they're part of this community, but they're still adventurers. They're still going out and doing Dungeons and Dragons things. You, you pitched it to me way back uh, before you had actually started this as essentially D and D meets little house on the prairie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. It, it probably, um, Buster Scruggs might've been a better, but of course, Buster Scruggs wasn't a thing then. Um, yeah, when that's we, true. When we had started it, uh, there was a little bit of a Western. There was, um, you know, some of the pioneer stories I had grown up with, um, and that sort of thing. But yeah, I, I had pitched it as a little house on the prairie meets D and D. Cause that was the vibe I wanted to go for. There was a lot of sort of folksy violin music that I had used to uh, inspire it and set the scene. I was, the music's I was trying, been great. Yeah. I think it was really, you know, uh, a different feeling than what you typically get in a D and D where it's always like just scary or there's, you know, a lo- it's very rollicking. Yeah. It, though we did have moments like that, of, of course, as well. And I would say about halfway through the campaign, it became much more like standard D and D fair with American yeah. accents. Right. Yeah. And this chapter is where we're coming into the, the climax of the story is really about um, getting back that feeling and using it to win the day. So the party mm. has to deal with, uh, the God of war and long story short, he's mad at them. He wants to kill them in order to create war long enough to sustain his existence um, so that he can stay a God basically, because mm-hmm. unfortunately the party is bringing too much peace into the world and that's bad. Um, I mean, shame on us. So the first time the, the, the warlord as, a, as we call him, uh, attacks the party does the natural thing which is to defend the city they build up defenses and we play basically a tower defense game 
combined mm-hmm. with D and D in order to stop the oncoming force. But this only while it while it destroys the the warlord's force, it makes the warlord more powerful because you have fed him with war, right? And so nom 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 nom. So he's like, war. sweet, I'm gonna disappear for you know nine months or a year or whatever it was, and then I'm gonna return with an even greater force. So get ready for that. How and clever. so the party <laughs> goes well. That's not viable. <laughs> so what are we supposed to do here? And you guys did what I was hoping you would do, which was mm. come up with the idea of um, starving out the the God of War um, through a peaceful demonstration. You know, not a protest, but you guys put on a giant festival uh, replete with, with games. And so when you when you take that festival idea and you combine it, with um, the folksy vibe I was going for, you know, pig chasing is part of that, right? There was also a bandsaw, you know, logging. There was uh, mashing grapes with your feet. Mm. Um, there was a rib eating competition. Rib mm. eating competition. Mm. All of this was, was meant to create a sense of unity between all the the disparate nations that that existed in this in this uh, continent. Which, you know, had always been kind of in some form of struggle with one another. And so there's this big unifying moment. Maybe we're making a country out of this thing. We're taking all these city states and we're we're combining them into something new and something different. And so, you know, all of this to illustrate that everything is coming to a big head. You know what I mean? And uh, that's a lot of pressure. You don't say. (laughs) It's pressure on the players as well, because like, yeah, as a GM, it's like, man, I really want these these beats to land. But as players, it's like, oh, am I picking the right thing? And I could sense that there was a lot of anxiety in you guys about, am I supposed to be doing this? Is this what, you know, Adam intends? That is is definitely something that um, try as I might. I I have a very, very, very difficult time divorcing myself from, at least in some part, uh, getting away from that mindset of like, okay, what do I think Adam, as, as a GM, is trying to do here? And am I playing into that? Or am I potentially making that more difficult or, you know, stuff like that. And sometimes it, it does give me like some small degree of anxiety, just sitting here, you know, trying to figure it out. And when things feel a little opaque, um, I definitely have found myself at times going like, you know, uh, like I, I, my brain's going this direction, but I feel like that's not actually the direction you probably want us to go. And, you know, yeah, I definitely don't want to make things jump, jump off the rails, but at the same time, you know, of course we're trying to, you know, stay in character and, um, and not metagame, which, 
um, you know, I, I try not to be to, to, to use a favorite word too egregious about the <laughs> metagaming. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, there is a certain amount of, let's say acceptable metagaming where you're trying to get along with the narrative, right? Right. Right. You're trying right. to get along with the table. Like, there's a difference between your character shouldn't know that versus, okay, me as a player know that this is what the intended beat is. And in my effort to help the narrative will move along, I will find an excuse as to why my character agrees to this. Right. Right. And, and that is the proper way to address um, what, you know, what my character would do is. Um, right. So, and I appreciate that. And I think every, Every player just about. I mean, we have kind of our big three, kind of like the Avengers, right? There's there's kind of the big three, and then there's everybody else. And mm-hmm. part of that is due to engagement, and sort of some of that is doing to kind of the revolving door that unfortunately this campaign turned out to be, which was not never my intent. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, you know, I had uh, a handful of people uh, come in and leave, right. uh, which, you know, I don't like that. That hurts me a little bit, but at the same time, I totally get it. Right. You know, right. Especially well, and for also those that came in late with a, with a campaign as long running as this one is to like the, the longer your campaign goes, yeah. obviously the higher, yeah, the, the higher chance that that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Because just being because the same. Life. Yeah. I can be here every Monday night you know, is true until it isn't right. And right. Yeah, if you run in over a couple of years, like, yeah, schedules are bound to change. And, you know, some of the players I had added later on, they've just felt so lost and behind, you know, with all the references that everybody else was talking about that they were just like, ah, this is too much. Right. And, and Hey, fair enough. But we did end up going through this last session with a very new player and they were pretty cool about it. So I dare say they, they had a good time. Yeah, absolutely. I think everybody did. And that I can't say that about every session, unfortunately, but I think that, uh, for the most part, this session worked for everyone. I would agree. And that was, that was good. And so I, I guess I've talked a lot about what, what I learned and, and what I got from it from a big climatic moment, but I guess, you know, were you satisfied? Were you happy? What sort of feelings were you having? And, and, uh, did we, you know, did we hit, hit what you wanted to hit? Um, well, what, one thing that I was, I mean, and and this sounds completely, um, backwards compared, you know, given that our opponent is literally, the warlord, but I was not looking forward to actual combat. Like, because it feels to me like when, especially the, the greater in scale that combat gets, even if you're using like mass combat rules and things like that, it, it feels like it takes so dang long to do anything that for me, the drama just gets sucked right out of it. Um, and what we did last night was anything but that. And the way that we dealt with the whole situation 
was entirely via role play and character conversation and decisions like that. Um, and it basically came down to, in a weird way, sort of weaponizing positivity and and things that we've come to care about and relationships that we had come to care about and thinking about, you know, what, what was important to our characters and um, between our characters too. And those, those relationships. Um, and I have to say, like, I feel like in, in this campaign in general, um, like a lot of my characters that I've played in the past are tend to be more gung ho fighter types. Um, where like they'll, I've had plenty who were chatty, but I don't feel like I've really had many characters who like actually give speeches and I realized that like with lands of air in particular, um, especially, uh, of late, he's been doing a lot of like formal public speaking, like actually getting up in front of people and delivering some kind of address, um, which was something that in the past always kind of made me a little uncomfortable for some reason. Like I just, I, I was always um, very doubtful that I could, you know, have my character get up in front of everyone else playing the game, not to mention the NPCs in the game and actually convince them of anything or effectively put across um, what I wanted to get across. And, Last night was major. Um, and I, I wound up just giving the, the little, well, I guess maybe not so little speech that I, that I gave completely off the cuff, apart from, you know, I was scribbling down some notes in, in the meantime, but I definitely didn't have anything pre-written before the session not even close. Um, and I, I wound up almost crying in the middle of the little speech that I gave, which I didn't think would happen at all. Um, and I found myself in that moment becoming very aware of how much I cared. Um, not to say that for the rest of the campaign that I hadn't cared, but there there were definitely times where I felt like my investment in things maybe were was waning or um, it was perhaps exacerbated by, you know, issues that I was having with, um, you know, maybe other players or, you know, the direction things were maybe going in the story at a given time or things like that. Um, but last night it was like it all, all that stuff evaporated and I was in it again. 
and it felt terrific. Um, and it came to me kind of unbidden where at first I was just playing like normal. And then all of a sudden, all the feels just hit. Um, and for me, especially in recent months and even years, those moments for me have become very few and far between. Um, partly just because of just, you know, life exhaustion and that sort of thing. Um, and, and also just the feeling of, you know, we've been playing D and D so long that it's hard to not feel like you've seen some variation of most things. Um, and it was really amazing to have, you know, how, however, briefly, that feeling just go away and to be replaced with a very tangible feeling of emotional investment. Um, and to have, and to have other people be responsive, um, a bad idea who, uh, um, also goes by Chris, uh, who plays in, in our game, um, who has also been on here on the show, uh, a few times actually like mentioned, um, how he felt about what I had said. And he threw me some, um, some character interaction, uh, that was very heartfelt and something that I haven't felt like I've gotten a ton of in the campaign and it just, it felt great. And I think that that um, player to player interaction, just that little bit really fueled my fire. Um, and I, I, I wasn't quite prepared for it. And I was very pleasantly surprised by it. Um, and in terms of the things that you did uh, with last night's session um, and how you handled the the battle and the threat um, and basically allowing us to to really stay the course that we had set ourselves on of we're gonna put on this festival as a show of unity between the nations and to make a concerted deliberate effort to be non-combative. And as you said earlier, you know, that he's the freaking warlord. He feeds off war. So how do we, how do we beat something that essentially eats violence? Well, we do the antithesis of violence. And it really had this great way of very naturally um, creating this dramatic moment that that was actually even addressed in in game of, okay, you've come together to do this. This was the mission statement. We are not going to fight and 
you know, come what may, this is the plan. And then it came down to the time of, all right, big, big dudes with big weapons leading armies show up at the gates and now it's time to put our money where our mouths were and go, do you have the fortitude to stick this out? And it was a nerve wracking moment. Like in my head, all I was sitting there picturing was who's going to crack first, you know, like some NPC, somebody is going to just flinch and fire an arrow or, you know, a little squad of guys are going to run off and decide that they're going to play hero and it's just going to just screw the pooch. Um, And it didn't. And it went exactly the way we had hoped it would go. And it was, I mean, it was magical. It, re- it really was. So I, I think that 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 descriptor of it feeling magical, I mean, that's what we want, right? And so yes. you said that those moments for you have been few and far between. I think almost by definition, they have to be, right? Yeah. Like you can't, um, you can't force these things. Oh, you can't no. create them out of thin air. And, and part of building them up is having a lot of time where um, you are dissatisfied, where you feel pain, where you feel anxiety, mm. where your character is suffering, right? Right. Because it makes that feeling of, of catharsis um, matter. Yeah. Right. You know, you can't be like DC and just create a cool shot and say, hey, this is how you're supposed to feel because that's what the music says. Right. right. There's no way that that um, the portal scene in Avengers Endgame works without the rest of everything that had happened. Right. Right. And so it, it's, you know, not to compare myself to the Avengers or anything, but like <laughs> it, it, it's a thing where, yeah, you just you have to earn earn memorable moments. Like for the most part, people are going to forget everything we did this campaign. Right. Most of the details have already been forgotten. Mm. Um what we really take away from these things are those memorable moments, yeah. uh, which we've, which we've talked about before. I mean, this whole campaign and any campaign really boils down to like five things you remember, right? Maybe even less. That doesn't mean it's not worth the time. It's not, it doesn't mean it, it, it doesn't matter, but right. It's just, it, it takes a lot to create, let's say a D and D core memory to borrow from, inside out right yeah i mean shoot when when we were in school there were a lot of i mean we played a lot we played a lot yeah and (laughs) did um, i mean to be fair that's what college is for right oh it it totally that's what ours was for (laughs) Um, that's right and you know i i have vague recollections of you know, a lot of things. Oh yeah. But when it comes down to like clear details or even a lot of times, like, like, like my own character names for crying out loud or or you're losing them. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, and, and I feel bad because I'm like, those were still significant moments. And 
they were shared experiences that were a lot of fun, but I still like, I feel my own, uh, retention of those events. Just, you know, you, you go long enough without thinking about them and they just yeah, they, evaporate. They, they go away. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Our, our memories are faulty to begin with, but yeah, given enough time and you can forget a lot of things, but there are some things that, that you remember at least at the very at the very least you can remember how you felt you know right and and that was big and i think that chris said something similar that that this had reminded him of of like he he said it reminded him of the end of a persona game and that for me is like very high praise right like sure because i also know what that series means to him right and yeah and how how much he respects that that game series so um, I'm, I'm really glad that landed. So a, a couple of things that, that even though the game isn't technically over yet, we still have this last act to get through. Right. And you know, you guys are now level 20 and I, and I oh. promised we would have some time with it. Um, although I'm not going to give as much time as I had originally intended because I think it is time to put it to bed. Right. Um, I just want to give it its, its due diligence but it's it's um i forgot where i was going with that <laughs> um i was talking about getting through act 3 oh yeah so what i wanted to say was there's some a genuine some, andrew moment right there. yeah I, I, you know i i straight up well also like somebody posted some a picture in discord and i have that on the other screen and i'm staring at it and i forgot what i was saying um (laughs) (laughs) squirrel squirrel yeah exactly um no like like a post-mortem series of thoughts about the game right right and so we did that a little bit with strahd as well when when that game came to an end and one thing i i do want to say regarding like combat length is really um and something that's been bothering me a lot as as a teacher of this stuff Mm -hmm. is like gosh it is so important to me that people understand this game Mm -hmm. that they understand the rules that they understand what their spells do what that they understand how an attack role works that they understand sure. that there are actions you can do outside of attack and cast spell, right. right? That they understand what their options are per turn, that they understand what their role is in the party and that it isn't a solo act game. That right. they understand some table etiquette. And now they don't have to know everything about the game inside and out. Right. But I have become increasingly irritated with the player that that refuses to read. Mm. I no longer feel bound to entertain that person. Sure. And I, and I just, I really want to ask everyone listening. If you are a player, one of the very kindest things you can do, not only for your GM and yourself, but also for everyone else at the table is to know what you can do. Yeah. To be able to take the to take the most ideal turn that you can. And to me, the most ideal turn is one where you have predetermined the mechanics based on the prior 
events in the round and that you illustrate them briefly Mm. in an interesting cinematic way. Right. And so that combination of technical understanding and art is really what is required to get the most out of this game. Yeah. I think while, while I appreciated your, your speeches last night, you and the other players, certainly we don't want that for combat. Otherwise the speeches have no weight. Right. Right. And so we, we need to be able to illustrate what's happening and make things interesting for each other because there's two extremes. There's the, the player that, that knows the rules, but doesn't give a, a crap about how anything's illustrated. And then there's the uh, player that only is role-playing and they've never read any of the paragraphs. They just know what the pictures are. Right. You know, and, and I find both to be quite irritating. Right. Even though technically I think I would still take the first player over the second. Mm. I, I know you'd be the opposite, but like for me, to me, it's just so incredibly disrespectful to not bother to learn. Well, you know? I, I think, I think and, that, and you got to remember that this game is produced by Hasbro, right? This is, this is not supposed to be beyond the reach of children. You know, oh, sure. this, this is not particularly complicated. There's just a lot. Well, and you know, never mind that, um, five E in particular was designed with, uh, with approachability being one of its, you know, main design goals. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But But players still need to be willing to, to take that walk. I think, I think what it ultimately comes down to is, you know, in reference to, you preferring a player who, you know, knows their respective rules um, well enough to use them fluently versus my own uh, seeming preference for somebody who's uh, less inclined that way, but much more inclined toward engaging role play. Um I think regardless of what anyone prefers, what it comes down to is having a clear understanding of the kind of game that your GM is running. If you're, if you are in a game and you intend to stay in a game that has a lot of combat, you owe it to the game to understand how to function within that. If you're playing in a game where there's a lot of RP, you owe it to the game to get on board with that or, or bow out. They're both different forms of engaging, right? Right. And so we, it's just player responsibility. Right. So I think that, if you know in in the next big game that I run, whatever it is, particularly if it's not a paid thing, right? Mm-hmm. Then if the if things aren't working out, I'm definitely going to end things earlier, right? Like definitely, like I'm definitely just going to pull the plug. Like if it's not working out, we're gonna we're gonna change gears. We're gonna go a different direction. Yep. Right. Maybe we'll change up what the group makeup is itself with the actual players. 
I'm going to be a little bit more demanding because frankly, I know more people now. Right. Yeah. And, and so, and and so I can, right. I have that, that ability. Um, I, I actually heard um, back in the day, I, I think I was listening to the Ludology podcast, which for anyone out there, if you enjoy games and game design, um, though I haven't, I've fallen off the uh, anyway. Off, what off is the it? Fan wagon of listening to the show, but um, it's a podcast that studies game design and things like that, mainly focused on board games. And they, I remember hearing in one episode that one of the hosts, when they play board games at um, at home, when they have company over or whatever, they say. Um, that they basically at any time allow for there to essentially be a vote of, do we want to keep playing this? And Mm -hmm. if there's a quorum, you know, you just put your hand up. And if the majority is like, I'm, I think I'm done or I think I'm over it. There's no hard feelings. You just pack it up and play something else. Yeah. And I I that, think that's not a bad rule of thumb. You know, uh, it's, if you might not is, even wait for a majority. You might even yeah. just say, well, a third of you want out. So let's stop. Yeah. You know? If fun is not being had by right. the by the bulk of the group, what are you doing? Like, well, let, let me let me address that, too, though, because. Like, yeah, definitely fun is one of the goals, but I I don't think it's the goal, right? Which I know is weird to say because we're literally talking about a game, right? But like, while I, I like fun, I also like meaning, right? And so when it comes to expression, the expression of art, which I think DMing is, right? Um, sometimes the expression of art is its own end, right? You want to tell your story. You want to express... Um, this piece to the players that are experiencing it. And that can be adjacent to fun. It can be even congruent, right? But it isn't always fun. Does that make sense? I, I understand what you're saying. Um, yeah, I, but I don't agree. I, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know that I do agree. At and least, that's, that's okay. At least not it, entirely. It, it may only be true for me, right? Or for other GMs that, that feel the same way. Um, or even for players that feel the same way. Like, hey, I'm here to have a meaningful experience. Um, you know, it's like going... To, it, it's like if you see a movie that's like a tragedy, it's like you're not having fun, right? But, well, like, you're getting something. You're being edified. When, Uh, Allow me to clarify. When I say fun, I don't necessarily mean woohoo. I'm having, you know, a rollicking good time. Am I is my mind actively engaged or am I sitting here feeling like I would rather be doing something else? Something else. Yeah. Like there there were plenty of times where it was dramatically intense and sometimes exhausting but it was still interesting i still wanted to be present if i feel myself not wanting to be present that to me is not having fun 
So that, that, I mean, and I think that's particularly prevalent when it, it does feel like we're just whittling hit points or double exactly. counting rations for, for travel purposes or whatever it is. And, and sometimes those things can be, be okay, but they definitely need to be in service to the experience. And uh, this, this is another insight I had recently with a couple of games that I was involved with from both sides of the screen is that mm-hmm. the, I, I am definitely of the school of thought that the rules are in service to the game and, but not the master. Like I know I just got done saying, no, your crap, but it's like, like an art, right? Like when you're drawing, yep. It, like a new artist is always like, Oh, it's my style. So like anything you tell them, they're like, Oh, it's my style. And you don't have that's a style. the way of, of, of not learning. Yeah. Your style's bad. And it's like, you know why your style's bad? Because you don't have a foundation because you don't know the rules. You can't right. break rules that you don't understand. Right. Right. You, you can see a difference between, um, you know, a stylized cartoon like Samurai Jack that breaks all kinds of rules. But you, you know that the artist clearly understands them. Oh, right. Totally. Yeah. Like, you know, even a lot of the, the modern artists, um, you know, that like Jackson Pollock, I mean, the guy can actually draw too. Right. Um, right. Uh, 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 you know, Warhol could really draw. Um, it's, it's, um, it's not always about that. Yeah. Right. Um, but you have to, if you don't understand these rules, you also can't bend them in a way that makes the game even more fun and engaging. Like, you know, and I, and I mean, absolutely no offense to anyone else listening to this, but I think my favorite player ever is, is Chris. It's a bad idea. Mm. Um, because he, I mean, and I say that like, not like he's the perfect player because he's not, he, he would say he's not certainly. Um, but like, I think he is all the things I want, mm. right? Uh, there could be a little more variation in certain characters, but for the most part, there is that, that deep understanding of the rules combined with creativity with, can I do right. the cool thing? It's like, Yes. Yeah. And, and he tends to have a good balanced understanding of, of what is an, a, a rational ask versus what's trying to manipulate every inch to win. Right? I, I, I would definitely agree with that. And I think also um, he knows when to back down and when to basically yeah. go, you know, if, if his GM says no he won't keep pushing it he'll just go all right moving on which that being able to to accept a no when it when it comes down to be able to do so graciously is a major asset yeah absolutely absolutely and uh so anyway just coming from the end of this game you know being able to to over oh, over a couple of years of running a game, you learn some things, right? And, oh, sure. And you You'd learn about yourself not and, to, right? Yeah. And so I I've appreciated being able to just kind of sit and talk about it, and especially about you know that climax because that's I mean it literally all leads to that, right? Yeah. But now yeah. we we have to to enter Act Three, and we have to come to the resolution, and I uh, and I fear to say it. 
but there will likely be a big combat involved. <laughs> so be ready. I, you know, I after after all the stuff that that just went down, I mean, you know, I I I got a lot of what I wanted. And you know, I can I can war game a bit too. Um, absolutely and now you've got some pretty cool toys to play with right so, sure i mean um man oh i uh, by the way i i have to say that like a lot of our players looked at their capstone ability and we're like uh. <laughs> like they were yeah. not that happy they were not that excited and so like a lot of them dipped something at the end that that was i mean i get it but i'm like Man, commit. <laughs> Come on. You oh. know, put the nail in the coffin, you know, finish well, it fair, out. You got something that was a lot cooler than what they got. I totally so. did. I totally did. <laughs> Just I got I got a light switch divine intervention, although I could only use it like once a week. So like, eh, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, you can't just like take, you can't just kick the DM out of the seat and just sit there, right? <laughs> so it's well, and I, I, I wouldn't dream of it. Um, <laughs> he's like, well, physically, I could. Uh, physically, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think, I think that this game in general up to this point was, I think it was a huge learning experience for. Yeah a lot of us it 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 took me to a place where i th- where i think i think it's what i needed in order to realize what stuff about this hobby i really care about at at, at the very least right now because it's also a hobby where um, depending on what you've been experiencing, um, the things you want will will change over time. You know, oh, if, yeah. all I, if all I was doing was uh, was doing nothing but RP for years on end. I'd be like, I'm ready to play some Warhammer. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, let me roll some freaking dice and, you know, make some numbers go burr. Um, But on the flip side, if all I was doing was rolling dice, I'd be like, let me like talk to a person for crying out loud. Um, I think one thing I did struggle with this game was finding a consistent balance between those things on a regular basis. Yeah. Where we, we tended to kind of feast or famine one way yeah. or the other. Um, and so that's that's another learning takeaway for me is Oh totally just try and try to mix it up a little little more and often. I, I think um you know way back I, I forget where I heard this, but it was with regard to um why some of us tend to play the same kind of character over and over a lot. I mean, I, I, I definitely know I tended to, um, and the, the answer that I had heard was actually really interesting. And it was that essentially 
a lot of times when when you have somebody who seems to make the same kind of character over and over, it's often because that person feels like they haven't actually had the experience that they were hoping to have with that kind of character Mm -hmm. or they haven't really gotten closure with that character. So they keep bringing it back in, you know, under different names and different builds and such, um, hoping to finally realize that experience that they have been hoping to have. Like I make my fighter again and again and again and again. Until you finally got your fighter. (laughs) Hoping to have that, that one campaign where I feel like, Oh, I finally did it. I finally got to, got to feel the thing that I was wanting to feel, got to do whatever I was really hoping in my heart to be able to do with a character like that. And then once that gets realized, often you'll find that that player who repeatedly keeps trying to make that kind of character that they finally kind of put that idea to bed, right? They're like, ah, finally, I feel like I can check it off the list. I feel like I've gotten closure with that idea. I can move on to trying something new. Um, And I think that that can also kind of play a bit of a role when it comes to the kind of games that we jump into and the, what we look for in a campaign or in how sessions get run and things like that. Um, where I've found that found myself wanting to get away from at least D and D style combat because I'm finding myself desiring an experience that it feels like D and D combat just isn't cut out to handle or execute well. And as, as my brain feels stuck on that desire, it makes participating in a regular D and D combat, a more arduous task because it's difficult for me to be in that, without going, oh man, I wish it could just be a little bit this way. Um, so that that's interesting to me that those kinds of things have come out over the course of this long campaign that we, everyone who's been participating in it, I think has had opportunity, including you, to see what things about about the game, about using the system, about playing with different kinds of people with different personality types and such and such for us to really hone in on what our own personal preferences are and the things that we look for in this experience and the things that we want to avoid in this experience. Um 
And to me that like, that's, I don't think that it can be overstated how much growth that actually involves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think there is a, r- a really particularly good insight in there. So I was, I was thinking about it. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about character arcs before. Sure. And sometimes I have difficulty helping a player embark on that. And I think that one of the insights you just uh, provided there was this idea of being satisfied with the current experience to mm. be able to move on. It's yeah. like, okay, before I want this guy to change, have they been able to fully express what it is they're trying to express? Have they been able to fully feel that feeling that they want? Mm. And so, and if they have, then maybe they're more ready to move on. And right. so, you know, when, when Chris rolled up his new character, it was um, kind of an angry roughneck character. Yeah. And this was something we had seen from him recently, or I had it anyway. And mm-hmm. so I was a little bit nervous. Um, and then the character went through a big change, a big arc. And I think that that largely came from one Chris being a great role player, but oh, sure. also from oops, being able to more fully express that feeling both in and out of combat. Right. So while I'm, well, I'm very glad for you that you are ready for the, the next experience. That's great. Since I've been a DM a lot, I'm like, I haven't gotten to do my cool build, you know, that I'm yeah. trying to try out. Um, although I've had a few that, that I have enjoyed quite a lot. So yeah, I've, I've even got one or two going right now that I really like. So, I mean, I, I gotta say compared to how, like it literally used to be that all you did was run and now you're like, you're an active participant in like two to three games on, on the regular as a player. Although I will say I definitely have come to realize I just prefer the DM role. Um, I'm often bored when playing honestly. And, and I just, I, I want to be constantly the one talking, I guess. Um, well, and it, it, it does Not that I constantly talk as a DM. I don't, but well, and it, uh, I, I think, I think it also, um, it makes me wonder if, if there are other systems that could support the kind of engagement that you feel. Um, I think what I really need is a table of people that kind of just want the same thing, right? That yeah. that know their crap and have awesome builds in mind, but also great characters that go with those builds that mm-hmm. who who have merged the wargaming and role playing aspect together. Right. Um, and so I know a couple of players that way. Um I don't know if I've quite found the group that is that. Yeah. So uh, there, there's always there's always something missing and no group's ever going to be perfect. But right. I definitely also want people that want to move at a nice clip. <laughs> so, sure. And that is definitely something I don't always have some because I am impatient. I, man, color me surprised. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I, right? I I get it, though. I mean, there 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 are times where. It can feel like 
you know, like everyone's just, you know, spinning their wheels and it's like, guys, why did we come sit down at the table? Like, why are we here? Um, and, and I, I can completely understand where that frustration would come from. Um, I think, I think for me, uh, I, I just want to play with, with non-confrontational people. I want to play. <laughs> I know you do. I, I want to play with people who are agreeable, verbally supportive mm-hmm. and happy and who, <laughs> who want to engage with one another and who are capable of really enjoying the things that one another do mm-hmm. like, and that's a tall order, Andrew. You know, I think you're asking a lot, my guy. <laughs> I don't care. Just, I've been at this I'm, long I'm, enough. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Of course. Like, oh, of, I of know, course I that's, know. that's a, that's a big positive thing that, that of course you want. And that, and that is something any of us would want. Yeah. And, right. you know, I, it's nice to 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 have to have that clarity, you know, but way back when when we were just really diving into the hobby, um, we had a you know, we had the problem that a lot of folks do where like you play with the group you play with because it's the group you've got. And right, it's exactly. this sort of beggars can't be choosers sort of mentality where it's like if i walk away from this group whether my grievances are valid or not i just don't get to play at all and Mm -hmm. you know there's it felt like there was this kind of prevailing sentiment of you know even bad dnd is better than no dnd and now I and now, feel completely now the opposite. Yeah, like, I think we've both 180'd on that one. Yep. There's you definitely know, it, such a thing as bad D&D, and there's nothing quite sucky like, in the way that there, bad yeah. D&D can be. I would literally rather go play Elden Ring. I'd rather play League of Legends. I'd rather read a book. I'd rather go hang out with my kids. Yep. I'd rather um, clean my room. You know, whatever. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd rather do anything else. Right? Bad D and D is the worst. Oh, it's freaking miserable because you have to share this with other people, so you can't just like leave. Yep. Right. I mean, you could, but now you're making a scene, right? And yep. it's like, like it's harder. It's harder to be like, oh man, like I hate this. Turn it off, right? Yep. Like if I'm done playing a video game, I just I just close it. Yep. Right. But this is, this is a little bit harder. And some of it is just, sometimes we do just, you know, bear with it and and we're patient in the things that we don't want to do. But yeah, I totally get what you mean. And I think I 100% agree. Like I do want more agreeable personalities that are, um, that are just going to like care about each other even more than they care about the, the, the story. I so I, I want to play good. with people who are excited 
that the rest of the group is there. True. And not just right? like I could be with anyone as long as I was pushing my buttons. Yeah. Right? Like I'm so happy that I'm playing with the people I'm playing with. That's the vibe. I it's want. like it's like when you join a guild for like an MMO or like a phone game or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like nobody gives a crap about each other. Right. It's just like, yeah, hey, you need to do the buttons <laughs> so that I can get the thing. So right. that's that's definitely not what we want in our role playing games. No, it's definitely not. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and wrap. I think we've we've beat this dead horse. Actually, so let's uh, go for it. Before I wrap, I I did want to close with a question. Um, okay, going after all this stuff, mm-hmm. going forward. What do you think you are going to try to change about how about how you run, about how you approach the game um, that that you've that you've learned since uh, getting to this point with this campaign? Without being just totally unreasonable Mm -hmm. in my expectations I am going to require more. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm going to require my my players reach a certain standard, mm. and I think that I've been too tolerant because I'm I'm a very I don't like confrontation, right? And I will try to avoid it where I can. I will I will lose a battle to win a war. Sure, if that war is friendship, right? And I and I hate making other people feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But I also need to respect myself enough to say I need a certain experience. Yeah. And to that end, maybe it's not working with this person. Maybe it's not working with this game. It's not working with this table. Yeah. I need to be able to to reach across and say, player, I need you to read your section. I need you to know what you can do because when you ask me questions, about things that you should know after several sessions at the table with the same character. I just don't feel like you care anymore. And if you think that it's my job to sit here and just entertain you, despite your efforts, um, I just, I I can't agree to that anymore. Right. And time's valuable, man. uh, It is. And, and, you know, um, I'm about to turn 39. Um, I got one more year of my thirties left. Right. And, you know, and I'm, I'm starting to feel a little more tired every year. And so I'm going, tell me about it. I really don't need to put up with this. Yep. So like with my students, it's easier because I can, I'm literally their teacher. Right. So I can be like, here are my demands, meet my demands. Right. Oh, totally do it. But with adults, that's a lot harder. (laughs) Well, and so, I mean, so it's really about curating that group, right. And getting it to be exactly what you want. And I'm, and I'm lucky when it comes to wrath of the scorned, I am, I am pretty happy with that. Right. I mean, Oh yeah. It, it actually makes a lot of sense because people are literally paying in. Right. Oh, they, they They're, are, they are literally invested. They are literally invested in the game. Right. And so if they don't like it, they, you know, they can just turn off their thing. Right. And they can just say, well, I, I don't want to support that anymore. 
Sure. And you know what? Fair enough. Right. Totally. If that's the case, then we, and we don't agree and that's okay. Um, Absolutely. But if they keep coming back, I'm going to assume things are going well. Right. Yeah. And I've had a couple of sessions lately where I've had players be very happy or very effective or mm. affected in a positive, positive way. You know, whether that be like, oh my gosh, that was really heavy or man, that really scared me or made me feel, you know, even some negative feelings, but in a way that was edifying, you know, I think that, you know, those have been great moments to enjoy. And it's weird because I've, I've also felt a lot of anxiety about the games I've been running lately. Hmm. Um, you know, and, and wanting to make sure that they that they are good and that they're going to land with people. Well, but, you know, I maybe I just need to just trust that it's going to work out a little bit more. Yeah, and uh, and that's okay. So I'm I'm enjoying the process. I'm looking forward to more, but definitely, if I'm going to be a certain caliber of DM that I strive to be, and you know that I do. Oh, you yeah. know that I try my best to be the best I can be and to pr- and to provide the best service that I can to to deliver my art to people. I need to demand the same thing from them. Yeah, I so completely agree that that is my answer. That's a question. good answer. That's a very good answer. Thank you for that. Um, And I guess we will close with um the parting thought of look at where you've been look at what you've played look at how you felt about those things and try being honest with yourself and thinking about what it's taught you and what you can take away from from the experiences that you've had both in and out of game and think about what where that points you and what you what you want moving forward because sometimes knowing what you want what you really really want <laughs> is is actually incredibly difficult oh yeah you know like you go up to somebody and you say like you know what is it that you really want what's your what's your goal what that could be a disarming question it's very freaking disarming and i think a lot of us can even uh unintentionally kind of move through life forgetting about it and you just go through the motions you you get up you go to work you go to school you come home, you play some games, you hang out with the kids, you make some food, you go to bed. Maybe you take a shower in there once in a while. Um, <laughs> and Only once in a while. And it can, it can be very easy to forget about, but it can also be as equally enlightening and surprising to kind of sit down and actually look at that for a second and go, you know, have I been getting what I want. Do I know what I want? And if I don't, how do I find out? And, you know, sometimes the best way to find out is to talk with a good buddy like I did tonight. So thank you for that, pal. You got it. 
Yeah, man. That's why we do this, frankly. <laughs> That's why we do this. And, you know, in the past, we've all, we've always made this joke saying, um, you know, it's not for all of you out there. It's, this is for us. And if you guys want to come along for the ride, then that's just that's just fine. But, you know, we really do do this for all of you out there, too, because we we want to help your experience with this hobby um, be the best that it can be while we grow ourselves. And this is a, you know, whether you're at the table or just participating in the hobby in general, this is a collaborative thing we're all in and we're all on our own little journeys, but we're all on them together and we can all help each other reach that next milestone for each other, whatever they may be. Um, so if you're, if you're listening to this and, and you care about that sort of thing, um, I hope that we've been helpful to you. And if you'd like to support us and support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash inspiration point and support us at any of the tiers that, uh, that you find there. If you see anything that you like, we would love to have you. Um, and you can participate with us over on our discord if you do so and hang out, talk with us and the, uh, the other wonderful members of our patron family and, you know, just grow together us and you and, um, you know, just make this thing as awesome for ourselves and for each other that it can be. So keep that in your brain and have a good evening, everybody. Until next time, stay inspired. Bye. Bye-bye, everyone.